0: Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, did you hear the latest Kanye Pete Davidson drama? (laughs) No, I mean, but you want to talk about being behind the times, Hank. But no, (laughs) I have not heard the latest Kanye and Pete Davidson drama. Please do inform me. So it turns out uh-huh. that Pete Davidson's real name, just like my real name, isn't technically Hank. His real right. name is John. Uh-huh. And Kanye says that that makes uh, their contract that they have together for a business relationship that I just made up invalid. And, uh, and quote Kanye West, Pizza John. <laughs> what? Pizza John. A John. Wow. I mean, that, okay. It's Pizzamas, John. I know, but that was tortured. Pizzamas. That was, t- that, uh, <laughs> you know, you know how some books you read them and you're like, this, you know, this writing just feels effortless. It feels like this just flowed out of the author. And mm-hmm. then other books you read them and you're like, wow, the author really had to do some work here, but. Gosh, that work was so valuable because look at what they made with all of this trial and tribulation. Like you mm-hmm. read Ulysses, and you don't think like, oh, this was an easy one, but you do think like, it's good though. <laughs> that joke was both labored and bad. <laughs> well, if it seemed labored, uh, that's not what happened. I had the punchline when I started, but I didn't have the setup. Yeah. So I just sort of went. I just sort yeah. of went to see yeah. where what would happen, but I knew that Pizza John. Is where I wanted to end. Pizzamas.com is where you go to get your Pizzamas gear. 100% of the proceeds go to charity. I can't really explain to you what Pizzamas is, except that it's like a two-week-long celebration of me having a mustache once 15 years ago. (laughs) The great thing about Pizzamas, (laughs) one of my favorite things about Pizzamas is it's when John finally shaves off his his freaking beard. uh, The beard situation is, it's frankly a crisis. Like, (laughs) I'm taking this pottery class, (laughs) with Sarah oh, wow. so that I can oh, wow so to, all the pottery people have never seen you without it no they've never seen me without it but also like the some of the pottery what's the pottery stuff called clay some of the clay got in my <laughs> beard and then I was like trying to get it out of my beard with like a ah. beard comb and I was like I hate everything about this I timed this year's Pizzamas mustache so poorly yeah yeah, yeah yeah you started way too soon Three weeks before Pizzamas, I had the Pizzamas mustache ready to go. But the problem is that it wasn't Pizzamas yet. And so I've just yeah. had to keep growing this beard. And Sarah keeps saying, you know, you could trim it. Like, there's no law that says uh-huh. that you have to— Yeah, at least the neck area, the have neck maxi- portion. maximum beard. And I think I am. Uh-huh. I think I am going to trim it tonight because I am done. Yeah. I can't stop touching my face. But you are I am not, excited you to have a mustache on You are not allowed. Monday. You are not allowed to trim the mustache The mustache has to be as long as possible. I I think that this is going to be the first. Okay. This is going to be the first. The most full Pizzamas mustache of all time. It will be. It'll be the biggest Pizzamas mustache, but that may not be the same thing (laughs) as the best Pizzamas. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) This Pizzamas 2022 is going to have the biggest Pizzamas mustache of all time. I remember one year during Pizzamas, we were filming the Paper Towns movie, and I only had like 10 days of mustache growth, and it was so bad. It was barely Uh visible. This year's is definitely going to be visible. Nobody's going to say it's not a mustache. <laughs> so i don't know why but we make we make videos during for two weeks a year we make them like we used to back in 2007 when we made a video every weekday it's super fun i'm actually coming out to indianapolis for yeah. a week of Pizzamas so that we yeah. can be together which yeah. hasn't been the case for an awful long time we we had a pizza together on the road what, what was that paper t- what was that turtles turtles 2017 turtles. yeah it's been um, a long time and, And so it's been a while, and I'm really looking forward to being out there to goof around with you and have a grand old time. Well, Hank, I will be gone for part of Pizzamas because I have to fly to Los Angeles to see a second cut of the Turtles All the Way Down movie. I saw the first cut uh, last week, and it's so good. It's so beautiful. I was really astonished by how good it is. And as an editor, did you then have a conversation with the director about uh, the, all the changes and cuts, and how you would how you would make creative make creative decisions differently as a vlog brother? Have you thought about just doing jump cuts? <laughs> yeah, It what? feels yeah. like there's a lot of work here and making scenes happen, and why not just have the head move to the other side of the screen without warning? No, <laughs> I, did not make any, I did not make any editorial <laughs> suggestions. Okay. I I loved the movie, though. Rosiana and I saw it together, my producing partner, Rosiana Rojas, and it's really extraordinary. The performances in it are so good, and so... You know, seeing a second cut is going to be super fun and relaxing because the first cut was great. It's really uh, it, it's just incredible. But, yeah, it'll be fun to be traveling during Pizzamas again. I haven't done that in a while. The last couple of pizza Misses, as you may remember, were a smidge pandemic-y. So mm. not that this yeah. one won't be at all pandemic-y, but I will at least be on an airplane, which is, you know, the life that I'm accustomed to, if not necessarily <laughs> the life that I want <laughs> You're going to have a wild time, John. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a quick trip, but I'm really excited to see the movie with more of the folks who helped make it. Well, congratulations. I'm very excited to see it. Thanks. All right, Hank, let's begin with this question from Kat, who writes, Dear John and Hank, while my sister was filling out her college application, one of the questions was, if you could require every college student to take one class that doesn't already exist, what would that class be? Ooh. What would your response be? I said a class on how to have a civil conversation. DFTBA, Cat. <laughs> yeah, I th- well, I think that that's a really good one, actually. Um, yeah. Conflict and de-escalation would be a great... A great class for everyone to take, a uh, conflict management course, like mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds put us through here on this very podcast. <laughs> I mean, I still, I think about Ryan Reynolds' lessons in conflict management every single day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that this country needs, I, I think, also I think that that course should be taught within three different frames. One frame, personal conflict. Two-frame, observing conflict. So the Mm. the way that you observe conflict that's going on that you are not a part of. So the way I might think about, you know, a a conflict happening in another country. Uh, And then a broad societal conflict that I am a part of? How right. do we imagine and uh, and progress successfully through th- those different things? Because I think understanding national conflict through the, the lens, I often will look at a conflict that's happening somewhere else and I'll be like, this is very simple. Mm-hmm. I see exactly what's happening here. But mm-hmm. then when I am in one of those conflicts in my country, I'm like, this is not simple at all. And I do not see what's happening here, except that the, except that there's a bunch of people who are bad and a bunch of people who are good, and that's it. Right. Right. It's the same phenomenon as when you read The New York Times and it's talking about a subject that you aren't an expert in and you're like, oh, now I know the news. But if you read The New York Times and it's about a subject that you <laughs> yeah. are an expert in, you're like, no, 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 it's way more complicated than that New York Times. You, like, you missed all of this stuff. You missed all of yeah. the subtleties and nuances. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a good course for sure. and I also think like media literacy, data literacy would be a great course because we all need more of that than we have. I think like more awareness of what's going on inside of ourselves when we encounter data sets and media mm-hmm. and a better understanding of the sort of like multimedia war for human attention that is going on yes. right now. I think, though, if I could only teach one class, it would be a class that every college student in America had to take. It would be a class in—it uh, would be called work. It would be called—it would be called The Novels of the Green Brothers in hardcover. <laughs> <laughs> and it would just be reading <laughs> all of specifically, my books and both specifically of your books hardcover. in hardcover. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Wow, John, I, I, like, I like the selfishness. Um, uh, my, my, mine would be called Sock Clubs of America. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is right for you? Probably the only one. <laughs> well, what if there's... I've, I, I don't know why there isn't a class called storytelling. Because we, we do storytelling in all kinds of classes, but I feel like it's sort of... It, it's like down there not being talked about. It's right. like in amongst us, in amongst all the things, but then it never gets its its time in the uh, the light, and it needs it. Um, yeah, you love a you love a focus on narrative. I do. I, I do. think that well, it's yeah. the only way we can teach anything. Right, right. It's the only way the information has anything to hang off of. Right. Narrative is so underappreciated. You're right. Like the storytelling <laughs> strategies are a form of media literacy. Mm -hmm. I was thinking last night as I was failing to go to sleep during an epic thunderstorm, I was thinking last night that I often talk about how these huge media companies are competing for the most precious resource in the world, which is your attention and the ability to monetize your attention. And I really do believe that human attention is by far the most valuable resource on Earth today. But then I was like, except I am also trying to capture and monetize people's attention. Like I act uh-huh. as if this is a problem that only large media companies have. <laughs> but I would like people to buy my books and spend uh-huh. a number of hours reading them. And I would like people to listen to our podcast, which is a uh, capturing and monetization of human attention. And so really, and then I was thinking, maybe the definition of art is an attempt to capture human attention. <laughs> like I think that there has to be well for, I, I'm is. glad that we got into the let's define art conversation because every time I've been in it it's always gone <laughs> oh, really you, well. That's right. It's 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 easy in easy out just like <laughs> easy other easy out. just like other people's problems. I think that so I think that there is so easy to solve. I think that the thing but you, I think you did get close to something interesting. I think the thing it, it, that makes it art is what you do with the attention when you have it. Mm. Now, what what thing you mm. do that becomes art? I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to comment on that. But something mm. about mm. that. So, like, I think I think that there are definitely things that you can do with the attention. What you once you have it that are not art. And i and which which is which? I'll leave that to the scholars. Yeah, well, that, that that that's a good point because like cable news is not just not, not art. art; it doesn't not claim art. to be art. No, no one, no one thinks it's art. <laughs> <laughs> you may think it's good, you may think it's bad, but we're sh- pretty mm. sure it's not art. That's a great point. Art is non-journalistic attempts to capture human attention. <laughs> No, nope, You're right. You can't define not, it. No, 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 you, nope, nope. <laughs> you can't define it. You can't define it. It's bigger, it's bigger than our definitions. All right, Roger Ebert. <laughs> All right, I don't remember the question, but I think we answered it. Absolutely, John. We're expert podcasters. So this good. This next question comes from Jennifer, who asks Dear Hank and John, I bought a at John, uh, last Pizzamas, and when I wear it, I receive compliments about the shirt. Of course How you do. do I know? How do I know if people are complimenting the shirt because it looks very cool and has pizza on it or because they are nerdfighters and they understand what's going on? Pizza is Great, Jennifer. She didn't actually say that, but I <laughs> put it in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a bold choice to wear a Pizza John shirt. And you never know if it's... A nerdfighter compliment or mm-hmm. just a compliment on an excellent T-shirt design, right? Well, so, like, there has to be a protocol. We got to establish a protocol. Yes, that's so, what I was going to so say. So you're listening right yes. now. So yes. the thing is, you, you can't say great shirt because there are lots of great shirts in the world. If you mean, I know what's going on. Right. You point at them in the face and you say, I know what's going on. <laughs> 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 That reminds me of when I was on the Chicago train once years ago and a person randomly pointed at me and said, boy, you got the devil inside of you. And I was like, oh, crap. That's just what I didn't need to know. Probably right. And yeah, exactly. I was like, "I, you're you're telling me. Hey. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea, Hank, because no. I think that's <laughs> I, I think that's a little too aggressive. I think the uh. obvious thing to say is DFTBA but I think it might be funnier if you said, you know, Pete Davidson's a John. Pete's a John. <laughs> By the way, Hank, I don't did you know this? What? About Pete Davidson? What about Pete Davidson? That his first name is in fact John? I am I'm gonna I do not believe you. Oh I'm not giving up. I'm not that okay. one didn't work but I'm going to believe <laughs> in myself and His middle name is the same as your middle name though. That's true. That's true. Pete Davidson is 28 years old. Yeah, oh. now I feel like I shouldn't talk about him. He's too, that's too young. It's too young to to be the butt of jokes. Yeah, I agree. Does he have all the- He's just getting started. Does he have all the systems to deal with that yet? He's just getting started. We hadn't even started making Vlogbrothers when we were Pete Davidson's age. One one year of Vlogbrothers, and I couldn't handle it if some random podcaster made a joke about how my name's John. I still, by the way, I still can't handle it, right? Like, I I still get upset when people make jokes about me and they're like, well, it doesn't matter. He's not a person. And I'm like, well, I feel like one. I'm a person on the inside. Do you think Pete Davidson's like that? Do you think all celebrities are actually just people? <sighs> that that oh. would be that's terrible news. Oh god, that's terrible. A strange thing <laughs> strange thing I find potentially about potentially devastating news if I have to start thinking of celebrities the way I think of people. I so I googled Pete Davidson and yeah. there's that little area on the side where it's like here's like your ba- basic information about Pete Davidson. He was born in ni- 1993, which is un- unacceptable. And I I find it and I find it very strange that, you know, we we get to find out about Pete Davidson's parents, but also his uncle. That is weird. That is weird. Who's his uncle? He's got, he's got an uncle section. An uncle? A whole section for uncle. He's got an uncle we don't we got plenty of uncles. I don't see him I don't see him having an uncle section. I see him having an uncle section. I I like the fact that his subjects include social awkwardness, recreational drunk use, and self-deprecation. Oh, that's great. I didn't see that. We're getting different Googles. Oh, do I have subjects? I don't know, but Pete Davidson's subjects are similar to yours, probably. Actually, closer to mine, I would (laughs) suspect— Nice. It's nice to be able to be summed up so quick. You know, we don't. Neither of us have subjects, which means it's time to choose our subjects. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a great. Uh, first off, I'd like self-deprecation. I just, uh, I, if I'm, okay, if I'm gonna have one of Pete Davidson's subjects, I would like it to be self-deprecation. You, by the way, cannot have self-deprecation because no, you don't de- no, you don't absolutely deprecate not. No, I get pel, I get pelicans and corn dogs. All right, I get. I would like to get penguins of Madagascar. Oh, and then in sure. parentheses, film. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm not interested in like the, the the book series or whatever. I'm only interested in the movie. <laughs> it's not about. the one my subjects? Show. Ooh, can one of my subjects be you? <laughs> <laughs> So pe- pe- pelicans, corn dogs, John Green, yeah, S- science, comma all, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, but like, surface level science, yeah, comma yeah, yeah. all, comma surface be. level. Mine should be yeah. like history, and then in parentheses, amateur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Well, wait, wait. You do have a genre, though. You, one of your genres is. Biddungs Roman. Do you know what that yeah, is? Uh, uh, <laughs> not not when you say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's Buildings Roman? Buildings Roman is a it's a coming of age novel. It's basically oh. a way of repeating YA fiction. But <laughs> I, my other my other genres are interesting. They are uh-huh. romance, radio, oh. and video. Radio. I didn't know radio, radio. was a genre. Here we are. <laughs> that's great. Uh, oh man, my my Wikipedia page hasn't been updated significantly in a very long time. Like, there's still a lot of it that's about like Tumblr in 2014, and I I oh, hope no. it never changes. It gets funnier with each passing week. <laughs> you got a great Wikipedia, John. There's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of things on there. A lot of ones. You won a Prince Award. You won. The Audi Award, and you won yep. the 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 what's your what's your weirdest award? Uh, the The Edgar Allan Poe Award is a little weird, just because weird, I have yeah. won a lot of awards. I'm looking at this list now, and I, I didn't know about <laughs> some of these. <laughs> you just, yeah. You, you. Uh, oh, I uh, that list also hasn't updated since 2014. I've won some things since then. Uh I won a Los Angeles Times book. I uh, the weirdest award I've ever won is the Korean Literature Award, which is like the German um children's literature prize. And it is the most beautiful porcelain figurine I have ever seen. Uh it is hard to overstate. Like I I flew to Germany just to get this figurine is how beautiful uh, it is. Mm. You can, I, you John, can. I have a I have a big question. Yeah. From your Wikipedia page, oh, were great. you on a Brazilian soap opera? Uh, yes. Okay. I was. All right. Well, not I didn't, I didn't make that up. I was on a telenovela. Is that in my Wikipedia page? It is? Yeah. It's oh. in your filmography. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is now the worst episode of Dear Ang and John. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just editing each other's Wikipedia pages. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that wasn't made up. Really? How are you in a Brazilian soap opera? Uh, it's a little hard to explain. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you go to Brazil? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was on, uh... What the heck? Yeah. It was a weird situation. Uh, yeah. We were there for... Nat Wolf and I were there for the Paper Towns press junket and then they flew us in a helicopter across town to this large like sound stage where they had created all of these uh different movie sets it was kind of like being on the paramount set or something Mm -hmm. and then they were like you're gonna be in the soap opera is that okay and i was like i I don't know and they were like you're just playing yourself you don't have to speak portuguese or anything and i was like yeah i mean i it's the only person i can best yeah (laughs) yeah i've got my acting range is limited. Oh, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, um, and one of the limitations is English. <laughs> I mean, you know? one of many. Yeah. Uh, I, could, I could really only play a version of myself, and, uh-huh. which yeah. is what I did. And they were like, oh, my God, are you John Green? And I was like, yeah. And then I, like, scooted past them in the movie theater as they were watching Paper Towns together. <laughs> These, like, two <laughs> actors in the soap opera. Is that so was, why like, you flew to Brazil? I think it was one of the main reasons, yeah. Oh my God, I'm yeah. exhausted just thinking about that. It was a little bit of a stressful time in so my life. So if you see someone wearing a Pizza John shirt. <laughs> Can I tell I you about know. the turtles all the way down <laughs> thing though? We Maybe gotta- you go eh, 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 eh. You just do that, <laughs> eh, eh, eh. You point yourself and then you point to them and you go eh, like that. No, you say DFTBA. Can I tell you about the turtles all the way down thing, though? Mm, I'm not going to say DFTBA. That'd be too awkward. Tell me about the turtles all the way down thing. I, I'm i in the movie. I don't know if I'm going to be in the movie when, if and when it comes out, but I was in the movie that I saw, and yeah. I wasn't you bad. Get, you, getting, you getting better? I don't like, as you know, self-deprecation is one of my things, at least according to my future Wikipedia page. But uh-huh. I thought I was I was definitely the worst actor with a line in the movie. You sure. know, like like mm-hmm. you watch the movie and you, then at at the end of it, you were like, hey, was there one person who couldn't act? Then you would know who it was. But I think I was I think I was pretty good. Like i i I was much better than I was in that scene in The Fault in Our Stars. That was so bad. <laughs> Yeah. I've come a long way. All right, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to it. This question comes from Maya John who says dear Hank and John I'm a PhD student and I teach a seminar on Zoom every Wednesday. Today one of my students was wearing the Sneetsa John shirt from this year's Pizzamas. Did you only look out for Pizzamas <laughs> <Miss> questions? <laughs> I just searched for Sneetsa John. Why Sneetsa John? Why not the other ones? <laughs> well, I wanted to see So wanted to see. What I wouldn't circles so, one. And this person Maya doesn't know what to do. This is a common problem. <laughs> it's so common it's happened twice <laughs> to the same shirt. I, I but I don't understand why you don't just say DFTBA. Like we uh, have a thing that people say. Pizza John. <laughs> Or maybe you do like a. Maybe you do a Mario voice. I think you have to just be like, "Hey, it's a pizza, John." Oh wow! Okay, that's it, everybody. We figured it out for you, John. Ask me a question that isn't something to do with pizza, and then I'll be back with another pizza question. People say I can't act. It's a me, a pizza, John. Dem- uh, it's hurting me. It's hurting. I'm, I'm so gifted. You know, like some people have to do so much work. Oh, God, stop talking about get it. Get into character. And for me, it's so natural. The, Kirsten <laughs> writes, hello, Green Brothers. I'm a high school teacher and I had a student tell me that I look like I eat trail mix. Oh. I don't really know what they meant by this, but I know that it was intended as an insult. What could yeah. possibly have been meant? Why am I so offended? And what course of punishment does this deserve? I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I'm hoping you can give me some clarity. Pumpkins and penguins, Kirsten. Um. So the only, the f- first of all, you are right to hate this. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. Um, and the well, only the thing, is, <laughs> Hank, and I, and I don't. I say this with love. Like you also look like you eat trail mix, and I do eat trail mix. But like also, that like you go thine. hiking on the weekends. That's what it I, means. And I do. And I know. Look, that's good. So so here's this thing. I don't know whether you eat trail mix, Kirsten, and I don't think that this is acceptable behavior but you there is only one recourse which is that you have to bring this teacher trail mix every day no it's a student it's, just, it's a student oh it's a student oh you're a teacher and the student yeah. said this oh yeah. okay thank god okay now I'm now I'm on board my brain broke um yeah that would be that's, that's <laughs> um i <laughs> i think that you now have a i think that you now have a student who deserves uh, a little bag of trail mix every day. <laughs> no, I think the right thing to do is to just the next day in class, just be eating trail be mix. eating trail mix. Just, just like, you're right. I am the kind mouth. of person who eats trail mix. Like, I'm a little yeah. granola. I care about the earth. Because uh-huh. that's what trail mix I like mix trails. I actually don't know if trail mix is carbon neutral, but it feels like it wants to be. <laughs> You know, it's, it feels I'm like sure it's, it's easier not. to greenwash than most foods. Sure. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, there's no meat in it, so there's that. If your right. trail mix has beef jerky cubes, that's not allowed. That's Sorry. right out. It's not trail mix. If your trail mix has beef, it's not it trail could mix. could be. could okay. be. Now um, that I'm thinking about it, I could chop up some of those cubes into little pieces yeah, and mix them with and M&Ms and peanuts. I think that'd be good. I think that you should definitely eat trail mix all the time now. Every time that student is in your class, you should just be popping back the trail mix. Like, what of it? (laughs) You want some? Yeah, I'll share. Uh, It's wild. Like, I guess we have our signifiers, and we shouldn't imagine that we don't have our signifiers. What we choose to wear, what we choose to drive, how we choose to act, how we speak— Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things, um, the kind of shoes we wear—they all say stuff about us, right? And uh, should they? Maybe not, but but like these shorthands are never going to go away. You look like a person that eats trail mix to that student, and they thought that that would be <laughs> an okay thing to say. Uh, and I think that the only the only uh, way to exercise the dominance you need to exercise over this person is to have a lot of trail mix around now, right? Yeah, just have like a like a bowl full of it on the way in that anybody can just stick their hands into. <laughs> you just put it on nothing, their desk. Nothing just says we're headed back, to, headed, headed back to a new normal, quite like a gigantic bowl <laughs> of trail mix that anybody can dip their hands into. That's right. Yes, the, 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 the classic communal classroom trail mix bowl. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> Hank, can I ask you a question? Okay. Is, is time... Oh, no. Just entropy increasing. (sighs) Apparently, that's what they say. Time is just a measure of entropy. I I don't buy it. Like, that's what they say, but I don't buy it. Because I don't sense the increase in entropy. Now, I do understand that uh, the increase in entropy, which is the randomness of everything, um, is a sort of the the inevitable consequence and, and like, the one thing that, uh, that goes in a clear time direction. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll sign on board for that, that that has a time vector. But I don't think that's what time is, but physicists think it is, and I'm like, you know way more than me. But I'm not experiencing entropy increasing. I am experiencing time passing, which is totally different. To me, as an observer. Yeah, I was reading a historian recently who wrote that we think of the past as being remembered and the future as being unknowable. Yeah. But in fact, like the idea that the past is mm. uh, known in a recorded, reliable yeah, sort of historical way is a very oh, yeah. recent construct. Hmm. And, you know, 2,000 years ago, the future was predictable through oracles and the past was when, you know, turtles had the earth on their back and Odysseus was battling Cyclops. Right. And that's what memory looked like and what the future looked like. And this idea that, you know, we are, we are progressing through linear time is not Universal um, among humans, no, is, is, is not universally held among all humans who ever lived. No, yeah, well yeah. I mean we, there, there, it, we that was a very difficult thing to have any kind of evidence for, right? But there's also eschatologies that imagine circular times, like Hindu eschatology imagines I'm these. Not, I can't get into this. I don't okay. know what eschatology means. It I means don't know. end of the world. Okay, well, I... You're right, let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. All right, I just wanted to know, and (laughs) I I, I don't think I I do. I need someone to explain it to me better. I've read several books on the topic, and they do tend to hurt physically. Time is so weird. (laughs) It is so weird. It's so weird. It's so much weirder than we thought. This next question comes from Bryn, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I'm getting married in five days. We plan to have our favorite pizza place cater with their pizza truck. We have been together for eight years, and we love this pizza. We celebrate every milestone with this pizza. And today, five days before the wedding, the pizza truck broke down and will not be operational in time for the wedding. We cannot get the pizzas to us. Fortunately, we're having a small uh, wedding, so we figured out how to get some food there. But how do you handle something going so wrong that was supposed to be so perfect? I'm nervous, also, that I will hold a grudge against this pizza place forever. Pineapples and pizza-less Bryn. Bryn, let me answer your question with a question. Am I marching through time, or is time marching through me? Oh, whoa. Is is that... So entropy is what caused that pizza truck to break down. No doubt That's about right. it. Like there is right. one configuration in which, yep. that, in which that engine works and there are trillions in which it does not. And so there is an inevitable future in yep. which every engine will no longer work. Yeah. And so what really happened is not that anything went wrong with your wedding or with, or with the pizza truck or anything like that. Mm-hmm. What really happened is time. Yeah. Did, what really happened is that time did what time will always do. Oh, God. Which is cause everything to fall apart. Anyway, happy marriage. <laughs> <laughs> marriage is, by the way, <laughs> a tremendously wonderful thing. Uh, yeah. but I'm, are, so, I'm so glad that you have yeah. already enjoyed there is because one this message big, is from last year. There's but, one okay. big downside of it. Of course. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, well, it only ends. It inevitably ends. It inevitably ends. Not only does it inevitably end, Mm -hmm. in the best case scenario, it ends in death. Right. Well, in the best case scenario, it ends in simultaneous double death. At the age of 130. Yes, that is the best (laughs) case scenario. (laughs) Yeah. And a in a in a a tra- tragic but very very rapid accident of some sort. Shortly after celebrating their 101st anniversary, Sarah and John Green plunged to their death over Niagara Falls. No, no, it has to be. you can't even be I don't want to be scared. I want to be no scared. I I might Just be like wrong, but when I'm 130, hits. I don't think you'll be able to scare me. <laughs> I think that part of me <laughs> I think that part of me will wow. have died decades earlier. No, wow. If J- John Green believes there's a future where John Green is not scared of things, that's <laughs> that'll give anybody hope. At least. <sighs> Bryn, I'm so I'm sorry that this happened, uh, but but one thing about marriage that that uh maybe maybe we all learn Uh, And it's best to learn it soon is that always there are going to be things that are not perfect. Uh, And marriage is about each other, not about pizza. Uh, But life is also about each other enjoying pizza. So continue to enjoy your favorite pizza place and continue to enjoy each other. As long as you and the pizza place last, which won't be that long. Wow. I just (laughs) it's it's like there's a man yanking on the steering wheel. Of the car I am driving. No, you shouldn't say that. You should say it's like um, it's 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 like there. It's like I'm a balloon that, uh, like, yeah, okay. uh, it's like there's a weight on the balloon of myself. It's it's like I have a sailboat and I'm trying to go in the direction that the wind is blowing me away from. I know it's possible. I've yeah. read about it. Yeah, I think it's more like if we're going to use similes, it's more like if you are trying like. (laughs) Just imagine what it was like to grow up with me, like our daughter has this (laughs) incredible habit of being like, well, at least like like if something terrible happens, Alice is always like, well, at least it was just my baby teeth that got knocked out or whatever. And I'm like that, but, but the opposite, where I'm like, well, <laughs> at least it's all still temporary and fragile and precarious and will inevitably <laughs> fall apart. Yeah. It was never going to work anyway, long term. <laughs> <laughs> you are always, always going to is- lose access to that pizza. Some- yeah, just go, go, you do it. This isn't even that much of a joke. Like, I I will sometimes have conversations with John where where, where he's like, well, in two years. And I'm like, yeah, two years from now. So let's just let's do the two years. Right. You do say that a lot. Which it reminds me that this podcast is brought to you by the two years. The two years are going to be great. Even if at the end of the two years, you have to stop doing that thing and do something else. Are you specifically referencing the conversation we were having right before this podcast? I know I don't think so what was that conversation I was like we can't I, I was like I don't think we'll still be doing Vlogbrothers when we're 70 like we have to stop right. at some point and you were yeah, like who, can, who you were like yeah okay. and I was like so when do we stop and you were like I don't know not now <laughs> not this week yeah why are you thinking about this not not soon like I'm <laughs> I'm enjoying a, gra- a great deal yeah no, I now that you now that you present it that way a huge percentage of my life is spent thinking about things that don't matter today. <laughs> yeah, I think that there are some teachings about that somewhere. I it's so funny because I am always preaching this but I am never internalizing it. Like I I I I get so frustrated on on TikTok when people are like Oh, like, nothing matters anyway. Like, everything's crap and everything sucks and, like, the world's mm-hmm. going to end regardless. I'm like, yeah, of course. That was never not the case. Like, the world was always going to end regardless. I'm, like, so, I'm so glad that you got to the whole point, but, which, but, is, which is that, like, we're the, the value comes from us and it comes from us now. Yeah, we don't live there. We don't yeah. live in <laughs> the billion-year timescale. We live here now with a bunch of other people whose lives we can make better. You're right, Hank. I got to internalize that. This podcast is also brought to you by John internalizing that we live here now with a bunch of people whose lives we can make better. We live here now with a bunch of people whose lives we can make better. Tagline. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is also brought to you by John Pete Davidson. Pizza John. Pizza <laughs> John. And today's podcast is brought to you by America's new favorite college course, The Novels of John and Hank Green in Hardback. <laughs> oh my god. We just want to steal money from students. Uh this, we we've given enough, John. That's the we tagline. Have. We've given enough. Um it's time for us to have get we ours. Given anything? I mean, just crash course. <laughs> That's true. We never really got paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly. Suddenly that's I'm like hilarious. Should we have got should we got money for that? I never occurred to me <laughs> until just now. <laughs> no, no. And uh, Edward and uh and I think that we have benefited from it in many ways. Yeah, no. I mean, that's uh, true. Peter Mühlenberg Hank. Peter Mühlenberg, mm-hmm. American clergyman, Continental Army soldier. And I was going to say signer of the Declaration of Independence, but no, he didn't. He was named John Peter oh. Muenberg. So there you go. Blueland is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blueland products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water, and you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash hank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash hank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash hank to get 15% off. This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look! There are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system. But there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual, real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming, and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com. Pete Muhlenberg's a John. <laughs> Thanks, John. I found one. I, pre- I reached. Well done. I'm really impressed. I, I guess a, it had to happen. He was a Lutheran. <laughs> wow. Another thing about Pizza John Muhlenberger, Hank, that I did not know until just now is, you know, because I'd never heard of the guy. Do, do you know when Rocky uh, is in Philadelphia and he, yeah. like, runs up the stairs? mm mm-hmm. yeah. And remember how there's that statue? Sure. That's Pizza John Muhlenberger. That's Pizza John Muhlenberger. Everybody go. That's I our new it. thing that we all do on pizza Pe- during Pizzamas. I did it. we go I did and it. visit Pizza John it. Everybody Uber. knows what I did except for you. I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it. Oh, it was fake. Remember earlier in the podcast where you were like, ha! I don't believe that ha! Pete ha! Davidson's real name was John, and I was like, I'm still going <laughs> to really get you. Failed. I just oh, I just have no. to wait, and I did it. I did it.
1: There I is a statue. I even, you
0: said I did it seven times before I realized you did it. <laughs> There's a statue of... Pizza John Muhlenberg in Philadelphia, but it's not that statue. It's not that statue. Mm. This next question comes from Cameron who asks, Dear Hank and John, so you're supposed to leave out milk and cookies for Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. Well, on Pizza Miss Eve, what beverage are we supposed to leave out for the slice, with the slices of pizza for Pizza John? I, I, I just take cash, usually. Um, you just Venmo <laughs> me. Just whatever feels right for Crash Course, you know? Just, like, think about the... <laughs> I think about the quality it's added to your life, and then hit me up on the on the Venmo. I can take cash app. It's like you're Zella, like opposite Easter Bunny, you. opposite yeah, Easter Bunny. It'll be that'll be whatever you whatever the oh sorry Tooth Fairy whatever the Tooth Fairy gives you for a tooth. That's how much you give Pizza John. Yeah, yeah. It's but just you sort have. of a it's yeah. just sort of a straight from the Tooth Fairy to to the Pizza John pipeline. And I don't want mm-hmm. to be clear: all the proceeds from pizzamist.com go to charity. But when you cash app me, that's that's my spending money. That's me. That's mine. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, uh, <laughs> you want to know the best part about this Pizza John Muhlenberg statue? I, I realize oh, that there is no statue that Rocky goes up to in the movie. Oh, yeah, There is a, yeah. there is a I, was sure there statue I, in Philadelphia. The, wow. The I mean, statue this, of Rocky. This yeah. might have been my greatest trick of all time. All right. Well done, John. Some of that garlic dipping sauce, too. In addition to <laughs> the cash? <And> it, <laughs> No, in addition to the pizza and the cash, and also yeah. a small a small Ooh. statue of Pizza John Muhlenberger. <laughs> I, can't believe, I can't believe that we discovered Pizza John Muhlenberg too late to make any Pizza John Muhlenberg merch. What a horrible it's too, error. It's, uh, it is what it is, John. Uh, is, we can 3D pre- pr- can, somebody at home, 3D print one for yourself. There's a fairly good chance that next week when I am trying to travel to and from Los Angeles in a twenty-four hour period and make a YouTube video, that I will be making a biography of Pizza John Muhlenberg. (laughs) Well unfortunately we really biography of Pizza John Muhlenberg. The original Pizza John. Well, Hank, it's time for the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Uh, I'll go first. The news from AFC Wimbledon is worrisome. It's wor—it's worrisome. We lost another football game. We did not look good. We lost 2-1, but that rather obscures the fact that we were outplayed mm. pretty much every second of the game and scored a somewhat fluky goal, and now we're in 17th place in League 2. Mm. As you'll recall, League Two is the league you really, really cannot get relegated out of because it's almost impossible to get back up. And because if you get relegated out, you're technically not in the football league, not a full-time professional team Mm. anymore. There's been a lot of discussions over the last week about what Wimbledon needs to do, including discussions that Hank and I have had where I asked him to give me a lot of money and he said no. Yeah. This is why you have to leave money for pizza, John. <laughs> for pizza. That's all I'm going to do with it. I swear. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's really tough because it's not only a financial problem. Like, Wimbledon does have a lot of debt because of the stadium. Some of that debt is high interest. Mm-hmm. That those are real concerns, but also our playing budget is plenty good enough to stay in league two. Right. It's middle of the pack for league two. Mm -hmm. And our attendance at Plow lane is actually pretty close to the top of league two, which is awesome and really exciting and speaks to the fact that this football club has a really strong community at the center of it. But right now it's really hard to figure things out. And, it's hard to know what's going wrong, but this is four straight losses, and in League Two you just can't afford to get anywhere near the bottom two. So, yeah, it's worrisome. Uh so there's only two relegation spots and two promotion spots. Is that what's up? There's only two relegation spots, and so if you go down to there's the only fifth two, tier, okay, there's only two. It's very hard spots to get back tier. up because there's only two. Gotcha. Yeah, this is the most worried I've been since we started the podcast. In many ways, Wimbledon's dreams have come true. We have a stadium. It's owned Mm -hmm. by the fans. Yep. The club is still fan-owned. But we're starting to see a lot more tension and questions among the fan base. Is this the Mm -hmm. right strategy? And I'm a big believer in fan ownership. I'm a big believer that Wimbledon can find a way. But... There are aspects that obviously need to change because really since Eric Samuelson left as the club's managing director, we just haven't been on a good run. Like people often say that Eric Samuelson was Wimbledon's best ever signing, even though he was never paid a dollar to to work as Mm -hmm. the club's chairman. And I think that's true. I I really think that it's been hard since he left. And, yeah, I don't know how we uh, get our mojo back, but nervous days. I'm sorry. Um, it's, are there—so what are what would one of the sort of, like, particular challenges of being fan-owned be? Well, it's a lot harder to invest in the team, right? So it's a lot harder—if you don't have somebody with deep pockets who's willing right. to in- invest, You you can only spend what you make or what you can mm-hmm. borrow— yeah. And I think that's always been the argument that, you know, the biggest all the biggest clubs in the world are owned by except for Bayern Munich are are owned by billionaires on one mm-hmm. level or another. Sure. I don't know if that's true. Mo- all the biggest clubs in England certainly. And yeah. I just don't think—I don't think that's the right model for us, but it's easy for me to say I don't have to go uh, to Plow Lane every Saturday and watch us lose to Carlisle United. Right. I'm sorry. What a—well, we've all been taken on this journey, and the only thing that would possibly make it more painful is if I had invested a bunch of money into the club, (laughs) uh, which—so— yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I would argue we wouldn't be in this mess if you and I owned 11% of Wimbledon. But make, else. you and Sarah make very similar points, interestingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this week, uh, in Mars News, the Perseverance rover's been making progress, uh, scootling around the Jezero crater and collecting rocks. Just is one, one of the most human things you can do. Uh, it's just picking up rocks. So it's collected four cores of sedimentary rock from the former lake bed, and that brings its total up to twelve. Uh, Total uh, rock collection, sample collections. Mm. Two of those samples are from an area called Skinner Ridge, and they're made of a fine grain sandstone that's light in color, but also has some darker grains floating in it. And those grains are interesting to scientists because they probably traveled to the area from further away as they traveled down a river. This is very cool because there was a whole hydrology going on. The other two samples were collected 20 meters from Skinner Ridge, from a site known as Wildcat Ridge, Those samples are even lighter and more fine-grained compared to Skinner Ridge, and scientists are excited about this area because those fine grains often are found on Earth towards the bottom of lakes where they can help to preserve signs of life. In addition, Perseverance uh, scraped some rock from Wildcat Ridge so that it could study the interior texture, and it found organic material in the rock—now organic meaning carbon-containing compounds, not life-containing compounds—along sulfite minerals that are also associated sometimes with signs of life— so in general, samples are promising. NASA tweeted about this, and they were like, "Now, uh, the, we we can't say for sure that this is a sign of life." And I was like, "I mean, that's more than you've said about anything else, my friends." That, that's, that's 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 really that's a, that's a, that's a, quite close. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, but uh, one day scientists will need to study the samples in person uh, to actually get an idea of what's going on there. Until then, the Perseverance rover is on the move again, and it's returning to an area called the Enchanted Lake to study more rocks, because it loves rocks. Wow. That's mostly all there is, (laughs) also, is the other thing. Not necessarily a sign of life. The necessarily is a really interesting adverb. Yeah, that it's not exactly what they said. I wish I could tell you what it was. What exactly yeah. they said. But it was I I read it and I was like, whoa there. <laughs> they sounded more interested than they've sounded until now. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you don't want to overparse NASA statements, of course, but you also, if I learned anything from the don't worry darling press junket, it's that you don't want to underanalyze this stuff either. <laughs> You've got to get the right level of analyze. <laughs> Oh, boy. I don't think I'm going to go see that one, John. It seems a little bit too much. I mean, I'm not going to see it. Hank, as always, thank you for making a podcast with me. Special thanks to Tuna, who really had to uh, do some hardcore (laughs) editing on today's episode. Hank and I weren't necessarily at our tightest. Nope nope but we do our best we're off to record our Patreon only podcast this weekend, stuff where we talk about stuff that's making us happy right now and you can get that at patreon.com slash Deering and John all the money from that goes to Complexly to help us do all the things that we do over there this podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medish it's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell our editorial assistant is Tabuki Chakravarti the music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the Great Gonarola and as they say in our hometown don't forget, forget to be me. awesome